Well, hello there, friends, and welcome to Virtual Show, your only late-night VR talk. I'm your host, Wes. With me, as always, my good friend, Roots. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and my good friend, Eric. How's it going, Eric? What's going on, guys? Uh, you know, just uh, trying to level up enough so that uh, we can all play together. Yeah. Holy crap, Is it? dude. <laughs> it's a commitment. It, it only took all day. Yeah, it's a commitment. It's like marriage. Yeah, yeah. You 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 have to work through the, uh, the the hard parts to get to the rewarding part, right? Absolutely. Uh, anyway, uh, roots. Let me tell you, man. I don't know if you caught any of my uh, my live streams yesterday or not, but you know we often have our um, our game of the month conversations, and we pick these runners up. Every now and then, we'll pick an honorable mention. Uh, just, you know, we say it's because these games might end up working their way into the game of the year conversation in the coming months. But t generally, it tends to be just kind of a token thing we do to, to recognize, uh, you know, a, a game that was close but not quite there. Um, I think we have our first case of uh, an honorable mention that maybe should have won last week uh, because I finished Blair Witch last night. And let me tell you, that game was friggin' incredible. Uh, I think we might have uh, undersold it a little bit in the PCVR game of the month talk last week. Yeah, I was kind of thinking of the same thing, except for um, one thing that, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think the same thing every time I go to the movie and I come, oh wait, no, that was Drillo that said that. No, I, um, <laughs> no, I do. I agree. I, uh, I really agree. I, I just for, I didn't get a chance to see your, any streams. I, I worked 15 hours yesterday and then had just enough time to get like six hours and start over again this morning. So I was uh, a little tired, but um, I definitely want to check it out. And I, I was saying when we talked about it, I really enjoyed the, the story of the game um and i was just starting to get to the meat of it right dude it, yeah well you, you really um in the grand scheme of things you're just just now scratching at the part the where surface. it starts just scratching yeah, the surface it, it it literally gets better from the time the game starts all the way to when you roll credits it improves the entire time it gets better and better and better to the point where you get to that last level and it is friggin' insanity, man. Like literal insanity. Um, Eric, how deep did you have you played into that? I, I went pretty far. I probably went maybe a little little farther than Roots. Um, I did see your your gameplay yesterday, and I only have one question for you. I don't know if you should answer or not. Did the dog die? Oh, uh, I fell I'm asleep. Don't tell me. I, I will say this: um, it was serious shit going down with the dog when I had to, when I fell asleep. Uh, I'll say this: I think that the game probably has multiple endings, mm. and I think some of those endings include the dog making it, and then there <laughs> might be others where the dog doesn't make it. Uh, so you, you really, you honestly, to answer that question, you've got to finish the game, and then at the at the end of the game. It's kind of like a movie where they uh, they have a, a few pages of them telling you what happened with all the different characters and the the supporting cast. Like this one person went on to do this, and that person went on to do that. 
and the dog uh was one of the uh the things that they mentioned in that little deal hmm. that's pretty cool actually uh scion says mist was the right choice and he wants you to finish that one as well and i guarantee that's on wes's list of games to uh finish for sure yeah well, well you know with with Blair Witch is a little different for me because, as you know, I'm a I love horror games. It's my favorite mm. genre, and I often talk about how we have a a whole lot of very good horror games, but very few great horror games. And I feel like Blair Witch is one of the great ones. I feel like it's in elite company because of uh, the the latter third of the game. Uh, the, it switches over to this kind of uh, surrealism that uh, I'm constantly looking for in horror games, and uh, I rarely find it done well. Uh, but literally, the whole last level is like walking through a nightmare. And uh, you know me, I play so many of these things, like uh, I see jump scares coming from a mile away, and they, they hardly ever uh, you know, get me at all. Uh, they got me good last night dude like i literally screamed out loud at one point <laughs> during the last level because it scared the shit out of me that's good um uh alien kara says would you rather cheat on your girlfriend or kill your dog i don't well i want choice <laughs> c i don't want either one of those choices <laughs> if choice c is pizza i'll do the choice yeah c. So pizza and uh, ice cream <laughs> what if your d girlfriend is your dog <laughs> well then you're in then trouble what? <laughs> or you can cheat on your girlfriend with your dog. Oh, it, is 20, it is 2021. Yeah, so. you can do whatever you want, man. <laughs> hey, animals, are, animals are people too. That's true. Well, actually, that's not true, but I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that expression. Oh shit. Uh, anyway, uh, as for yesterday, I, I did stream twice yesterday. Put in nearly seven hours of uh, gameplay on the channel yesterday. Uh, but it wasn't intended that way. Uh, when we got review access to our first discussion title today, Table of Tales, uh, The Crooked Crown, um, Roots asked me, you know, is there an embargo? Because this is one of his favorite games that uh, that, that he played on PlayStation VR. He, and he wanted to stream it. Uh, so I asked the developer, Ten Man Games, um, if there was an embargo, and they said, yes, there is an embargo. It's embargoed until launch on Wednesday, which is today. It launched today. Uh, but they said, you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead and stream it, uh, which I thought was super cool. So if you're watching Tin Man Games, thank you for the review yes. access, and thank you for waiving the, uh, the embargo to allow us to stream it. Now, when I got back to Roots, uh, Roots' day had gone all to hell, and he had... Uh, <laughs> Uh, basically had to work a double shift at work and didn't have time to stream. Uh, but I didn't want to let the opportunity go by to, to stream something that, uh, no, you know, as far as I know, no one else had the uh, permission to stream it yesterday. Uh, so we did two, two live streams on Tuesday. Uh, that will not be a regular thing going forward. It was a special occasion. Uh, but I got to say, I had a blast uh, doing it. That's really cool, man. I, you know, and I even said, uh, aside from the fact that I wanted to stream it myself, um, it probably was a little bit better with you doing it because it was fresh. It was something that first impression, you know, and um, people love to see the game and then see your reaction to it as well, or at least 
hear your reaction and um so that was kind of cool that you uh and i definitely thank them for giving us that opportunity what uh um i guess let's talk about the obvious uh right off the bat of um how cool this game is or at least how cool i think it is what do you guys think about it i think this well, game is amazing man this game is awesome yeah i i gotta say i i agree um I was surprised uh, at just how a lot, how much like it, Demio that it actually plays. Like I knew they were both tabletop, uh, you know, games, but I didn't expect this one to have that same card playing mechanic where you move the little pieces uh, quite as much as it did. I expected it to be a bit more animated than it was actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I I thought it was so good. I messaged Wes earlier, and I said, Wes, if this game had multiplayer, it's better than Demio. That's all. That's all it's uh, missing. Uh, yeah, if it had multiplayer, um, I mean, it, it's certainly. Uh, well, I mean, I guess we should say why, right? Because the, what really sets this apart from Demio, it, it isn't exactly the same game. Too, we need to we need to state that Demio uh, probably leans a little heavier into the tabletop gameplay mechanic of it uh demio is a little bit deeper in terms of gameplay there's a lot more to the move set there's a lot more to the dice rolls uh, it plays a little bit more like a tabletop game now with that said uh table of tales uh is leagues ahead when it comes to storytelling uh it's a story driven campaign and if you had uh you know co-op in it it still wouldn't quite play like a a tabletop versus game. It would just be a, a co-op story campaign, like some, anything else that you would uh, see in VR. I, I feel like the, uh, uh, you know, I find that personally to be more enjoyable for my taste, uh, but I don't think everyone would agree. I think that some people would probably prefer Demio. Uh, it's going to vary from person to person. Uh, Demio is just so strategic, right? I mean, not that there's not strategy to this as well, um, but like you said, that the what the this d does um, so well is the storytelling, and um, it's the narrator. It's like the whole time you feel like, uh, and I guess I say the dungeon master, whatever you want to, I guess is more of a, an appropriate term, just really sets the mood. Very good voice acting. Um, I mean, I just was really impressed with the Raven. Uh, how about you, Eric? Yeah, I mean it was so good. I mean, you, I mean you were in, you were so into the story right from the get go. You, you know that, um, the way that the way that they tell it with the narrator, um, it's like it's like a like a little voice over over your shoulder, right? And it just stays with you pretty much the whole game. It's just so well done. Um, it's just got more substance to it for me than Demio, and I love Demio. Trust me, it's in my top five quest games right now. You know, what I mean, so it's that good, but, um. I just had a, I had a ball in this game. I mean, the only thing I kept saying it, this is amazing. I just wish it was, I wish I could play with Roots or Wes or Radio Runner. I just wish it was co-op because if, if you could do co-op, I mean, the way the set pieces move, the way the table itself is incorporated into the game and the way it, the motion it has and the water and the, the effects it has, it's just the whole package really wowed me. And uh, I think it's the, it's the best game I played today. And I played a lot of games today and it was the best one I played. Well, that's saying a lot because uh, Eric, I happen to know Eric played a lot of games today, including games that we can't talk about. Uh, so for him to say that is really high praise. Um, 
when you when you say Eric that it has more substance to it, we need to be clear. It has more substance to it from a storytelling perspective. Um, the the board itself is more of a stage where uh, a play is being enacted out in front of you. And I think that you know, Demio is not the easiest game to pick up. Like it, you, it it has quite a, a big learning curve actually. If you want to be good at playing Demio, and I think something like Table of Tales is a perfect introduction to that kind of strategy. It's a perfect way to put someone into that frame of mind that you need to be in to be good at something like Demio. So I feel like both of the games are incredible for different reasons. Uh, and if you're a beginner uh, it, with this type of game, I, I think Table of Tales is a better game for uh, a beginner at this type of strategy. All right. Well, let me let's get to the meat of this because uh, this is the crucial. This decide. This is what your answer of each of um, yours is going to tell me what kind of um, character you have. Uh, who did you throw off? Hmm. Uh, the ship like who got because the whole you get to a point where um and this is early on so i'm not spoiling anything but uh you're given your first decision and uh there's only three handholds for uh for the thing i guess what happened to the captain i guess he got his own he had an automatic one but uh so you have four characters one of them you have to throw overboard he's going to die and you have to choose right so uh yeah that's that's absolutely correct and uh you know, I, I didn't want to throw the character overboard that I threw overboard. So uh, what Roots is talking about is after you play through the tutorial lesson, uh, you're on a ship and a wave washes over the ship, and there's not enough handholds for everyone to, uh, to to stay on on board. One of them has to get washed out to sea, but the game lets you pick which one. And each character, like Demio, has its own class and its own special abilities. You have the brute force warrior you have the wizard you have the healer and you have the rogue and i wanted to keep the rogue uh and the two no-brainers for me were the the warrior and the wizard because they had higher hit points they had more devastating attacks those were keepers uh the question was do i keep the healer or do i keep the rogue i wanted to keep the rogue because generally that's my favorite role to play in these types of games but uh, I, I listened to the chat. The chat told me to throw the rogue overboard and keep the healer. <laughs> so that's what I did. Oh god, the healer is the apo- the one with the potions, right? The uh, apocalypse. Right. Okay. I did the opposite. I threw that. I threw that guy right off. The healer. You're out of here. You're out of here, buddy. Yep. You, you know what's weird is <laughs> I the fir- very first time I played it on PC VR or uh, PS VR, I threw the healer off. And um, I went in with the intentions this time I was going to throw somebody else off. But I must have grown an attachment to my three. I just <laughs> I couldn't throw any of those three off. I had to throw the healer off as well. I was, he's, he was gone, man. Um, so I felt a little bad as Here, well. Here's the thing about the healer that makes him so useful as a character. Uh, you know, the amount of actions that you can take in any one turn is determined by the number of the little ping power pings or whatever they're called that you have you get you start off with four on each character and some actions you spend two some actions you spend three some actions you spend four but the healer has this uh thing called a booster shot and we all know in 2021 how important it is to get your booster shot but uh, the booster shot the healer can hit any member of your party 
uh, pretty much from, almost from anywhere on the map. It has a long range. Uh, he can shoot you with the booster shot, and it doesn't only fortify your defenses and fortify your health, but it also gives you another one of those little power things, uh, which sometimes means an extra attack, which in certain situations is very, very useful. Yeah. Well, there's definitely all those decisions to be made. Um, and I don't know how far you guys made it in there, but I mean, you literally, it's going to, this is what's kind of cool is like if you did throw them off and you decided to play through, like one of the, each, you go to each air, person's area. Like, so you're going to get to go see that particular person's, um, uh, I guess, story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I went to the rogues area. So I, I knew Wes went to the wizards area after because I watched, uh, his little bit of the stream while I was working on on Tuesday. So I wanted to go <clears throat> to somewhere different. Um, so, and I had the rogue still, um, I had gotten rid of the, the healer. So, so yeah, I went to the, um, went to the rogues area and it was a completely different story and it's involved and, um, it takes you, you know, in a completely different direction than, than, than you you went West. So, um, I don't know how long this game is or how long it's going to travel, but I mean, there seems to be just off the bat, there seems to be a lot here. Because, like I said, I'm on a whole different play story arc than you are right now. Yeah, I, I played for three hours, and I, I'm pretty sure I did not make it to the halfway point of the campaign. And what you're saying there is uh, important, because as lengthy as the campaign is in VR game terms, of course, it's probably going to be dwarfed by your common flat game. But as far as a VR game goes, this is a pretty decent length campaign it would seem uh but there's going to be replayability here because you know every level in the game corresponds to the characters on in your party and at the beginning of the game you throw one off if you play the game again and you throw a different character off you're going to have a whole new level to play through that, that you never got to see your first time playing through the game which is uh, i think an amazing uh uh you know feature and, and you know uncommon replayability with these kind of story driven uh linear games well were you shocked when you went into the game wes and you saw um psvr controls in your hands i you know i because my thing was just like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get to play with different controllers this time and i went in and i looked down and it was the the same things and it was at, at first i was put off because i was like trying to grab things but then i forgot that it's got that little grabby thing right and that lets you go and push forward the um the ball of the psvr controller and so then you grab stuff and so it's no big deal but um i was just it was a little weird at first but um i think it's cool so is this my video that we're watching here it is I didn't know that it showed my chat window in the uh, in the video. That's cool. Yeah, it showed. Um, I think I think you can set it somehow to not, but I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm yep. fine with leaving it in there. Uh, I, you know, it never occurred to me that those were move controllers. I just thought it was like this wand thing. Uh, Eric, did did that thought cross your mind at all that those were PS move controllers? Yeah, two seconds ago when Root said it. Right. <laughs> that was the first time. I just figured there were wands, and I thought the little, little extension thing was amazing. I thought, I'm like, man, this is a great idea. Um, it kind of like, because it doesn't have movement, say, like Demio does, where you can drag yourself around the table. Um, so they kind of like 
they, you know, they made, they made, you know, um, concessions with that, with having an extender that comes, you know, that, that little orb at the end of the, uh, the wand stretches out like another, you know, 12 inches or so. Um, you know, and, you know, who loves it when it does that? My mom. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very cool. I like the way it worked and, and, how how was it on the PlayStation Roots? Was it? Cl- I mean, because Wes, you didn't play it on the PlayStation, right? Just Roots did. No, no, I did uh, not play it. On so, so how? I mean, is it is this like comparable? I mean, is it, is it like one to one? It, or, or it blew it me. Well, it blew me away. I mean, it looked really good today, but I mean, it's been so long. But I don't remember ever thinking that. It, I mean, it. I, this game I've raved from the very first time I played it. Just the whole premise, you know, looking at this getting this letter that from your aunt and you have this magical table and it's like kind of like jumanji-ish you know and you're kind of getting sucked into this world with this this cool raven the only thing that i am a little put off is i i I did want to fist bump the the raven didn't happen uh maybe it'll happen further on in the campaign i don't know you know um one of the things that have really stuck out to me about this game i'm sure it looks beautiful on playstation especially if it's patched for pro. Um, but one of the things that really occurred to me in the the time since I played it was just how op- well optimized the game really is. Um, I didn't realize it at the time. Uh, the day before, I had been playing with my Oculus Quest uh, on SteamVR, and obviously I-, I had jacked my super sampling way up to 150. Um, which is generally something that is you, you don't do with the G2. If you if you get it to run stable at 100 uh, on the G2, that's enough. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, anyway, when I went into Table of Tales, I was blown away at just how crystal clear everything was. You could not make a pixel out, and the, the colors and lighting popped so well. And uh, I came to find out the next day, when or later that day, when I went on to play Blair Witch, when I turned it on, Blair Witch was all choppy and wanted to crash. And when I got looking into the settings, it was set to 150 super mm-hmm. sampling. So I, I played Table of Tales in my G2 at 150 super sampling while I was streaming it, and it played flawlessly. Uh, so that's really a testament uh, to just how well optimized this game is and how well it runs. Uh, it was beautiful in that headset, and it's the only game that I've tried in the G2 that even came close to running at that high of a resolution. That's something like, you know, four four thousand something by four thousand something, uh, some crazy astronomical amount of pixels it was rendering, and uh, it handled it. Crazy, indeed. Uh, anyway. Um, I don't know how much more we can say about this. It's a great game. Uh, If you're someone who likes playing skirmish mode in Demio, you're absolutely going to love this because um, the, you know, it tells a story and it, and it does a very good job of it. Uh, There's a lot more set variety, Uh, you know, where Demio, you kind of have the one set for every game and, or or two now that, that we have the, uh, the, the rat King expansion. Uh, but this is a constantly changing board in front of you. It, it It's always changing to a whole different set of, of very diverse and uh, interesting locations. And 
I really had a blast with it, and it's uh, normally $25 on Steam. It just launched today, uh, but there is a launch window discount, 10%, so uh, you can get it for $22.50 right now. And if you like story-driven games, if you like strategy games, uh, I, I recommend it. I, typically, these types of games aren't my like number one favorite genre, but I really did have a good time in it, and uh, uh, I, it's a high-quality title. What did you think about the fact that you could, um, or given choices like uh, if you want to sneak stealth or go in fighting, you know what I mean? A couple different times, like I was in a position where I had to go stealth. Uh, like my, I was really wounded. I was like, I can't go fight right now. I just thought it was cool I, that they give you a lot of options. I, I thought that was cool. Um it does kind of remind me of one of my complaints about the game. So the way those kind of decisions are handled, um, you know, you have different scenarios. Some of them require you to be fast. Some of them you require you to be strong. Some of them require you to use diplomacy. And each character has um, has skills like this that you can progress. Every level, you progress your character the way that you want to. And uh, by uh progressing these certain different categories of ability uh you you make these different scenarios easier or harder based on which character that you use uh and, and the way it works is this you'll have a situation you have to deal with and um the way that you succeed or fail is by rolling the dice the die have uh stars on them you know, you'll have one star on one side, two, three, four, what have you. And then you have to get a certain amount of stars before you succeed at the task. And the better equipped your character is to do that task, the less stars you need, um, which is all cool. I think that's all very unique and uh, well-designed. Uh, what I didn't care for was the fact that... Uh, you, you roll these dice to uh, get these stars, but if there's like a hole in the map, if there's a pond or a river, you, you can drop your die down in that and you won't get any stars for that. It's just like it disappears forever. Uh, and so in some of these maps, it's hard to find a good spot to roll the dice at. Uh, I, I really wish that um, the, there were uh, some consideration given to that. I think it's kind of uh, not fair when you have your your dice drop down in a little hole and disappear it's a magical board though Wes. like it <laughs> <laughs> what's weird is i've never had that happen before and i think it's probably not hard to do you know what i mean i just um i don't know if maybe i've just always rolled in a in a and because i don't like i in demio i have gone like throwing them because you can get all crazy there but i i am very controlled and i just kind of like roll them right there right in the middle and so maybe you're doing more of a Yahtzee role, where you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I did Dark too. Angel, I, I threw some right in the water. Did you really? Uh, Dark, Dark Angel in the chat says, I wonder who doesn't mind if you drop it in the hole. My mom! Oh, yeah, she doesn't mind at all. She likes it. Eric, Eric what did you think about the, uh, the progression? That's something we didn't really touch on. I, I, I found it to be surprisingly nuanced and detailed here for this type of game um 
I mean, the progression is real, and it really does have an impact on how the game plays out. Yeah, and that was one of the things I liked, uh, you know, over like say, you know, uh, Ademio, where you know, in Demio, your star- your characters are static. I mean, your characters are your characters; they don't change during your playthrough. Um, there's no leveling your characters up here. You're, 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 you can decide how you want to level your characters up, whether you go strength or whether you go wisdom or whether you go um, stealth. <clears throat> so there's different ways to play this game and you can control how you want each of your characters to go with. So your tank, if you want your tank to be super strong, you can just keep putting this, you know, keep, keep putting strength on it to make it stronger and stronger. Or you could start making your tank, um, more charming and, and 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 make a charming tank so there's different ways you can play this so the replayability is there too because you can go back again and play it completely different than you did the first time or the second time so yeah i mean i thought it was really cool i love progression games um I'm really into them right now so you know anytime that i have choices to make and uh, i can level characters up and and you know I, that's something i want to do all the time so yeah i loved it yeah, and Roots, uh, not only depth from the perspective of the progression of the characters, but uh, a lot of variability in the way that you can tackle each level. Like, uh, for example, when I was on the uh, the, the Sorceress level, uh, a- as we were trying to escape, there were multiple paths we could take to leave the island. One path had us... Um, uh, there were monsters that we had to get through on one half and then there was an angry mob of people on the other half and um the way that i chose to go was through the monsters because they you know they weren't the most difficult to defeat a couple of hits normally would kill one but but when you get to the end of it there was one of your allies and if you could convince him to help you uh he could convince the monsters to leave you alone what I found interesting is when I was halfway through that path to escape, the narrator starts to tell me, well, you know, if you leave the people that live here, even though they're hostile to you right now, these are your people and they're going to have to deal with these monsters if you just mm. cut and bail. And so I had the decision to make, uh, do I, uh, do I continue threat down my path to uh, the easiest path for me to escape or do I stay and uh, try to kill all the monsters and win over the uh, the people on the island um, I found that interesting and I found it the, the prospect that you know winning these people over that could come back into play later in the story I don't know so uh, a lot of variability in the story which again uh, uncommon in any narrative driven game, let alone one that's strategy based like this. Uh, I found that very impressive. Yeah, dude, a moral dilemma, right? And what's cool about it is um, it's literally like having a, a dungeon master there because that's what they would do. They're going to fill in the gaps. They're going to throw you a, a curveball in the story and say, okay, this is the path you chose, but here's the Here's what the dilemma is. This is what you're creating. This might come back to um, haunt you later. And usually, um, the way Dungeon Masters that I've played with, they would make it come back and fuck you over later um, just because they, they're your friends and they want to screw you over. Um, but uh, I just thought it was super cool and stuff like that. Like I said, the the choices you make. And you had, what, three or four different choices? You could have gone different. I mean, 
that each within each branch of things that we're choosing, that's a different path. And then that's going to take you down a different, I mean, so you've got all sorts of different variables here. Um, and this is kind of cool too, because if you know, so you can play this flat as well. The first video I found um, before I downloaded yours, because yours was taking forever, I, uh, it was uh, flat. And I didn't realize it until I noticed there was no wands and it was a cursor. And I was like, oh shit, this is flat too. So um, I, I'm thinking it was probably um, designed by people that do, I mean, the, the gameplay is so nuanced and so thought out and it's, and it's exactly what I've been talking about that I want in these VR games. You can make an amazing game like this and then really think deep about the gameplay because that's what's gonna keep, get people to go back into it instead of going in for an hour or two and saying this is cool and then moving on to the next one and never coming back you know so yeah the same uh, the same thing happened to me that 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 kind of happened to west too because uh i was on an island with the rogue and uh there's at one point you're trying to save some villagers and i used an area uh of attack uh, a large area of attack and i ended up killing two of the villagers and they kind of turned on me <laughs> so you definitely have shit that's going to happen that uh, you have to be careful of because your your choices have repercussions for sure uh derail asks in the chat does it have deck building or is it fixed cards it does have deck building now it isn't like demio where you go and you buy cards uh, in between the rounds, uh, but at the end of every level, there's a uh, an upgrade path, and um, sometimes that is that means progression of your character, and sometimes that means progression of your deck. And generally, when you're progressing your deck, you have four cards to choose from, uh, all of them with very different abilities uh, and effects and uh and ener energy expenditure uh so you have to take all of that into consideration as you build each character's deck um you know you're you're kind of putting together a team and thinking about how each uh character and their their abilities are going to play off of one another so yes it's uh it's not there aren't quite as many cards i don't think as demio right off the top but throughout the course of the game, I got to imagine that you'll probably encounter quite a few. Uh, he says, uh, Theory also is nice. Definitely sold him. He's going to pick it up. Let me ask you this, both of you. Um, Wes, you first. Uh, I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, maybe you, uh, does. either way, Table of Tales, um, as far as I know. Well, I guess it is four different tales, possibly, right? I'm most hoping that they would have maybe DLCs or like, you know what I mean? Because this is such an amazing game, and uh, I'd love to see more, um, more of it. Right? Well, I'm sure uh, if they were to sell more copies, that would certainly be a possibility. Um, you know, honestly, I'd like to see them port this game over to Quest. Mm. As beautiful as yeah. it was visually, um, I think that they could get this to run on a Quest too, even with the dynamic lighting and shadows that it uses. Uh, we've, you know, VinVR Adventure has shown recently that that can be done on the Oculus Quest 2. And uh, I think that um, it would be benefit the developer greatly if they could manage to, to publish on the main Oculus Quest store, which I guess is a big if, right? Yeah. I, if they didn't get this on there, I'd be like, <laughs> what is wrong? I mean, they've got some games on there that sh shouldn't be are games that should be on there um that aren't but this would be a, a major blunder 
Yeah, this this needs to be a quest game. I mean, Demio is played on the quest. Why why can't you play this game on the quest? There's no reason they can't. And you know, maybe they looked at that, and maybe the hat the the process to get in there was just too hard, and they decided not to. It's just so much easier to get on Steam, or or I don't know. I mean, I'd like to talk to them to see what their plans are. Maybe they have plans, and you know, maybe a quest board's already in the works, and we don't even know. But uh, I would say that uh, this would get a lot of play if this was a quest game. Oh, it would. I agree. Do really well. Yeah, and the fact that Quest is on there might be the re- I'm sorry that Demio is on there might would be the reason that they wouldn't put this on here because I know uh, in some other situations they don't like to saturate a genre with more than one title uh, to the point of you know at one point they had VR carts on the Quest but they didn't have like uh, touring carts which was like ten times better uh, so yeah it gets a little weird there sometimes. Uh, but, you know, we, we've often, you know, a few times now, you, you know, compared this to Demio and said that this is a game that's like Demio. I guess we should point out that it's more accurate to say that Demio is a game like this, because this game came out in 2018 on PlayStation VR. It's very much the OG in VR when it comes to uh, this type of uh, strategy. Yeah, yeah, you, you can tell Demio took a lot from this game. I mean, I'm sure that Resolution looked at this game and, and saw the way it played. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they, they, you know, just one-to-one grabbed the stuff, but I can you can say that the ideas, a lot of the ideas here moved over to Demio. You know, Resolution just did an amazing job in that game. But, you know, yeah, I can, you can just see when you're playing this, you can say, wow, yeah, that looks familiar. That, you know, that I can see where they might have looked at this and grabbed it and moved it over. How hard do you think it would be to put make it multiplayer? just to keep everything the same way and just allow people to play each different character, right? Uh, it might be a bit of work at this point now that this this is a finished game solidified for years at this point. Uh, but what might be a possibility is a multiplayer DLC or a multiplayer sequel yeah. at this point. And either, either of those could be in the works, to be quite honest. Uh, it seems that I might have some questions that I need to take to the developer. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, sure. I'll tell you what, the developer, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> this, your game is awesome. Uh, you nailed it. And it, I was blown away on the PlayStation VR. I was blown away again today. And uh, I think I might actually pick this one up, Wes. You know, like I, I want it in my library, even though I have access to it through the, the show copy. I want the actual um, game in my library and I don't mind giving them the money because it's uh that good of a game well again uh this game is available on steam right now uh 25 dollars retail with a 10 percent launch discount 22.50 certainly worth it uh one more thing before we move on uh typically as someone who tries to play almost everything in my g2 when i play pcbr um typically when you go into a game like this a day one launch or or in my case the day before launch um you know it's a crapshoot with whether or not uh the controllers are going to be officially supported because g2 very much has its own controller it's not an oculus controller it's not a vive one it's not a knuckles controller and it's not a wmr controller it's its own thing Uh, i was happy to learn uh you know straight away as soon as i booted into the game that there is official support not only for the g2 but for the other wmr as well 
uh, Vive, Index, and Oculus. All of these controllers are supported natively uh, on this title on day one, which is uh, uncommon and very much appreciated. Very professional, in my opinion. Um, I thought that was cool, and it also has the option for DLSS uh, right off the bat as well. Yeah, I didn't try the uh, the DLSS in this one. Did, did either of you? I did. I, I clicked it right on from the beginning, so I, I, I should have clicked it off just to see if I could tell a difference. But, yeah, as soon as I get in, I went into the menu, and I started messing with the settings like I always usually do. And, uh, yeah, I turned it right on immediately, and I, I thought it was. And I, I played it, you know, on my Quest 2. I, I thought about playing it on my Index because once I saw the controllers were in there, I thought about doing it, but it would have just been a hassle to hook it up, and I already had the Quest hooked up with the link cable, so I just went with there. But I thought it looked amazing. Uh, roots? I messed with it, but I couldn't tell a difference, really, so I left it off. Yeah, I, I didn't even uh, think to check it. Uh, honestly the thing was just so like like it was literally stunning the clarity and how vivid the colors were i was impressed with it it never even occurred to me to go tweak the uh the in-game graphics options with it i just uh yeah i just let it roll um i can say that this next title we're about to talk about i did play with the dlss um in it a little bit and we'll get to that in a moment uh, I, I do want to take a moment to recognize our uh, our good friends and our night owls in chat. We kind of were so excited to talk about Table mm. of Tales. We didn't say hi to our friends in chat. And you we've guys. got some friends in here. We've got uh, D-Rail. He says, hopefully my 3090 can run it. Dude, you're probably going to be able to crank this thing up to 200% or better and run it just fine. Uh, so, yeah, uh, no doubt it'll run well. Uh, Island Kara is in the uh, chat and uh says looking forward to deca gear hmd and controllers not to mention the move trackers yeah there's lots of uh new um hardware from these upstart companies coming to vr right now it's incredible just how uh how much new stuff we have coming out over the next year yeah i got um, one got one right here oh how about that so uh still in the I plastic we... haven't taken out of the box yet you're going to have to report back on that one for us. Let us know how it does. I will. You know, he sent us ours. Ours are on the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Um, Ray Delator says, uh, I just didn't like the voice narration. I felt like uh, it was watching one of my daughter's early morning TV shows. Well, let me, let me say this. Uh, Roots, did you find it at all strange that seemingly every major character in this game is female uh well you know it's i mean you got the 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 muscle person is the female right the the warrior i didn't i didn't yeah. i well i didn't think that was strange but i did notice the raven is girl i thought what was cool about the raven is like it wasn't like somebody reading a story or narrating a story like the they actually change the voice per character like you know what i mean in a comical way um i i question your soul ray delator <laughs> <laughs> what about you uh eric any put off by that at all no and ray delator how dare you yeah narrator was amazing come on man. <laughs> oh wait that's the wrong one how dare you it's been a long time since we've hit those buttons yeah it deserves to come on man anyway yeah oh, man, that was great i thought the narration was fantastic the voice whoever did that whoever was that you know did that i thought they were great i mean they acted out almost every voice 
That was so cool. Well, I personally think they should have gotten Morgan Freeman. Uh, but if you're not going to be able to do that, maybe he's busy. Uh, I think that the narrator did a fine job. Yeah, you get get Morgan Freeman, and the game is now thirty five dollars instead of twenty five dollars. I'd pay it. I'd pay it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. It would be a good Raven. I love the Raven, and I just only my only thing is I wanted to fist bump Raven, and uh, just didn't happen. Uh, Gamertag joining the chat. Good morning, GT. Thanks for joining. Um, Mash Daddy, you're in the chat, Mash Daddy. Zayla Maru is in the chat. Says, uh, yeah, that they might have a problem with two strategy games being on the quest store, but multiple first person shooters, that's just fine. Mm. <laughs> right, right. Um, let's see who else is up here we have uh dark angel i think we already said hello to uh dark angel scion is in the chat as is jerillo i saw up there somewhere and uh techno glitch traveling man 3775 keith valdez uh nice little late night crew filling out the uh the chat so thanks for hanging out at this late hour we really appreciate it uh, anyway, wow, man, it says uh, we've been at this almost an hour just talking about this one game. So that should uh, that should give you some idea of what we thought about it. It uh, it was surprisingly deep and fun to play. Yeah. So you're gonna see yourself finishing it? Sure. Yeah, and it'll be on stream like everything else that I've finished. And it might be a while before I get back to it. There's such a a backlog that I want to get into before. Um, october gets here and i'm i'm going full tilt horror when october gets here uh and i can't wait i've been thinking about it like every day for the past month uh what i'm going to do when october um gets around i've been meaning to ask you guys are you guys going to get in on this fun at all or are we going to uh are we going to make it a channel-wide horror fest for uh, october yeah, I am for sure. Um, and me, you were, me and you already talked about it. I'm going to do, uh, right starting October 1st, I'm going to stream uh, Resident Evil 7 on the PS5. Wow, there you go. Uh, that, that's yeah. awesome. I, I can't wait to see uh, your reaction to that. Yeah, I've uh, never never played it. I've been holding it just for this. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's the best VR has to offer, friend. What about you, Roots? you going to delve into any Evil games? Ah, I was going to delve into October 2021 of the real world. That's going to be the nightmare. But um, no, actually, I was thinking of maybe some uh, maybe some some horror games would be fun, right? I'd love to play Russia yeah. Blood, but I don't have a PlayStation VR, and I don't see myself getting one. All right, well, you said maybe in March they'll be coming out, so the second one, then I'll yeah. get one. I, th I think it would be cool if uh, we tried, you know, between the three of us to just stream as much as we possibly can horror games on the channel um so the, the more and this goes for you too eric the more you guys want to contribute to that uh, i welcome it but i'm certainly going to give it my all because this is my favorite thing bro i love it and i've got some uh some deep cuts uh if you will lined up for october we're not going to be playing the, the same stuff everybody else is playing so it should be cool cool oh yeah i'm in Anyway, moving on, uh, the Table of Tales weren't the only tales that we played through over these last couple of days because we also were privy to the legendary 
tales the most legendary tales i have experienced all week uh legendary tales entered early access on september 8th uh this is an action role-playing game with up to four player co-op uh it's developed and published by urban wolf games big thank you to urban wolf games for providing each of us with a review copy for this game uh this game is again in early access on steam for a price of 35 dollars, and i guess that's going to be the first of a couple of elephants in the room uh typically i don't like talking about the negatives of a game first uh but i don't think that we're going to have any luck if we try to get around it and, and uh, so I think we should talk about this stuff right off the top, the, the stuff, get the yeah butts out of the way so that we can really focus in on what this game does well uh, without that cloud hanging over us. So before we, we get into the game itself, I want to talk a little bit about the price. And if you bear with me for just a moment here, we have a uh, statement from the developer themselves regarding the price. Uh and we can discuss what they say um you know afterwards and how much validity it has but uh, i think it's important to note the developer's stance and and where they're coming from uh this is quote we have a bonus quote time this week this is quote time so it says uh, i want to talk about our general pricing and explain a little bit about how indie development works we've been developing this game for the last three years including the original quest development and we have invested a lot of time a lot of money and a lot of resources we're selling the game at 35 dollars, but we hope you can understand why we only see a portion of this money steam takes 30 percent of the price of the game right off the top besides that unreal engine takes five percent uh, but we won't need to pay that unless our sales pick up greatly uh, the U.S. government also takes a percentage in taxes, generally 10 to 20 percent, uh, as we are a foreign company. The money that's left is then subject to company taxes of another 10 to 20 percent. Then from there, our salaries are paid and we have income taxes that come out of that. So after all of that, we get less than half of the price of the game. Because of all these factors, it's very hard to make money as an indie developer. So I hope you can understand our situation. Uh, so Roots, you know, whether or not this is a fair price for, for what they're selling here, uh, I certainly am sympathetic to what the developer's trying to say here. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's a crappy si situation to be in uh, because they're selling an early access game. That's part of the problem, right? I mean... I, my assumption is when it's all said and done, it's going to be well worth 35 bucks. But right now, to some people, it's like, you know, um, it's just not, there's not enough there for it. Uh, I mean, of what I saw of it, uh, I'm impressed in so many ways. I've got my issues with it, but I mean, I, I've, when we go over everything, there were so many different things that I was blown away by that uh, um, I can see why in the long run this game is going to be amazing um eric i find it unfortunate uh that this is something that we encounter occasionally from these indie developers uh where they tend to try to price a game 
based on what they put into it, uh, instead of letting the market dictate what the price of the game should be, you know, how much do similar games cost on, on Steam and uh, where does the price need to be for the game to be competitive in terms of sales? Um, do you think that uh, maybe they would have been a little bit more well served while the game is in early access? They can always, you know, uh, when they come into full release, increase the price up to $35. Uh, do you think it would have, they would have been a little bit more well served to knock the price down a bit, say maybe $25 instead of $35? And while they're taking that $10 less for each copy they sell, uh, I think there's a lot more potential here to sell a whole lot more copies if people don't have that negative taste in their mouth as soon as they click on the game and see that price tag. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> at that, that price, it's so hard to, to sell copies at that price when you see early access in the title. I mean, there's not, number one, there's a lot of people out there that won't buy any early access titles because they don't want to play anything early access. They want finished stuff. So they wouldn't buy it, whether it was $29 or whatever. So you're already fighting that battle. And then you're doing an early access and you're charging 35, was it, is it 35 99 34 dollars 34 That's That's yeah. a lot of money for an early access game. Now, this game looks like it's worth $35. But, you know, you, you, again, you're, you're, pay, you're playing early access, so they're, it's not perfect. And, you know, they're still working on it. So I guess if you believe in the game and you believe in the developers and you think that they're going to be able to finish everything, then, yeah, it's worth the 35 But if they had just out of the bat, you know, right off the get-go done even $29.99 um, you know, in early access with the way this game looks, they probably would have sold double what they would have sold. Now, they might be doing good. I don't know because this game looks amazing and a lot of people have played it to where you can see what's going on with the physics and you can see um, you know, what's going on with the, with, the, with the looks of it in these dungeons. So it's got a lot of people excited. So they might be doing well and they might need a, you know, I'm sure they needed that really that boost of income right away. You know, they're an indie developer and they probably put a lot of money into this. So they needed to get this thing launched um, just so they can keep going. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these indie devs, you have to understand they, they need money just to keep the lights on. You know what I mean? They're not making any money with this game sitting in development. They need to get it out so they can finish it. So I don't have a problem putting some money into it as long as I believe in the dev. But you know, a lot of times, a lot of times these devs put these games out of early access in their early access, and they sit in early access for how long? So I just hope that's not the case here. Right, and the problem here is, is that you only get one chance to make a first impression, and by by, I mean, even if they had put a seven day discount on this game, it would have made a world of difference with the way the game was received in the not only in the reviews but in the content creation and review community as well gamertag vr makes a great point here he says some content creators won't even cover this game due to its price because the devs aren't giving everyone a key and they don't want to pay that much to uh to, to cover uh this game when they're not going to get the uh, viewership back to cover much of the cost um so uh, you know this it's tough, right? Because, you know, after you work three three years on something, it's kind of hard to feel like you're giving it away for less than it's worth. But sometimes uh, these guys don't see the forest for the trees. 
and if they could just knock it down to something that looks a little bit better even five dollars off puts you in that twenty some dollar range instead of the thirty some dollar range and on a mental you know level you know that registers with people differently uh, i feel like if they had done that uh they're going to sell a significant amount more copies and in addition to that you know you're you're going to make a, a better first impression and, and people are going to uh, hear about your game through word of mouth a lot more uh, other you know and the narrative is going to be about the gameplay rather than about the price or uh, the tutorial yeah plus um, take it from other developers and things that have happened uh how many times do we have to see a game come out overpriced and it doesn't sell and to what you were saying mash maybe it's doing well the developers are saying it's not doing well because they're not even thinking they're gonna have to pay the percentage to uh unreal you know what i mean so it's not doing well enough for that um it's kind of you're you're gonna end up having to cannibalize your your price down the road and then now it's like wes said you lost that first impression and it's such an amazing game to have uh you know get thrown under the bus in that fashion um i i just sucks uh gamertag vr said to be transparent i paid for it downloaded it and two days later the dev sent me a key uh so yeah you know we mentioned it at the top we did receive review keys for this uh it did take a little bit of work so uh shout out nick quinn for the amazing work that uh, he's doing for us um but uh we, we did get review copies for this game and uh, to what he was saying a moment ago to what gt was saying if we hadn't got keys for this game we would not be talking about it nope. today uh hands down yeah. uh, we yep. have so many other games that we need to get to and cover uh you know i can't i'm not going to be paying 20 bucks for most games let alone 35 to cover stuff when i've already got a laundry list of stuff to uh, you know other games to cover yeah absolutely yep. but um you know my my advice to any uh smaller developers out there that are in this situation you you want obviously to be compensated for your work but the market is what it is and the market's always going to dictate the value of something not what you put into it so when you look at the market and you see companies like fast travel games putting out rate the oblivion for for what, what was right that was 30 bucks and then uh, you have a game like Sniper Elite, which is like a borderline AAA game from Rebellion Games. Again, 30 bucks for that one. And you're going to come out here with an early access title for 35. Uh, it better be great um, because I can tell you it doesn't happen often, but we've seen other games like this. Dement comes to mind. Dement is a, uh, a fairly solid uh, VR horror game uh, that's in early access, much like this and was in development for years much like this and the developer priced the game based on what he had put into it rather than let the market dictate the value of it and uh, dement came with a 40 dollars price tag uh, the argument was that when the game is finished it's going to have so much content that it would be crazy to sell it for less than 40 dollars uh, well I, I would argue that here we are what two years later the game still doesn't have all that content that was promised and nobody knows anything about dement uh because people immediately nope out at that 40 dollars price tag yeah 
Yeah, because I mean, what? There's not really many games in VR that are that expensive, and all the ones that are are the really best of the best. And you're going up against yeah. all of those, right? So. Yeah, yeah, and GT makes a good point. Space Junkies. Space Junkies is the is you know another game that priced itself out of the you know out of basically out of the out of the market because nobody's playing it anymore. And that's that game's amazing. I love that game, and just nobody plays it because you know it would have been launched at forty bucks or something like that. Yeah, Space Junkies launched at 40 bucks. It was a great AAA, one of the first uh, ever uh, multiplayer uh, shooters in VR t- on the AAA level where you can team up with your friends and take on other squads. Uh, it was a great game, and it launched at 40 bucks. And at that time, 20 bucks was an expensive VR game. So for a game to come out at 40 bucks was just considered to be massively overpriced everyone got this terrible taste in their mouth because of that so you know a few months later when ubisoft dropped uh the price down nobody cared anymore like the the, the first impression had already been made at that point and it got to the point where they were literally before they shut the servers down for that game they were trying to give copies of it away they were trying to give copies of it away, and nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted to play. Nobody cared anymore. And it was all because of that initial decision to price the game at 40 bucks. Yeah. So weird, right? Yeah. And again, with a game like Legendary Tales uh, that's in early access, and, and I do believe them when they say that all of this amazing stuff is coming, uh, I think if they'd price this at like $25, $29, uh, as a temporary early access price point, and then when they add all this other stuff, then raise the price up after everybody knows about your game and everybody wants it, then raise the price. Uh, I think it would have uh, been a b- lot more profitable and they would have sold a lot more copies of it. Um, yeah. But anyway, when I say that I believe that this game is going to have uh, amazing things coming to it down the road, there's a reason for that. And the reason is... There's amazing stuff in Legendary Tales right now. Uh, Roots, you always say that uh, you've been playing more and more flat games uh, because there aren't very many games in VR with proper depth and progression. And, you know, when we saw the, the first promo for Legendary Tales, we speculated that one of the problems with this game could potentially be that it's very shallow. It looks like uh, basically going to the same room over and over again and and killing the same enemy over and over again, and there's no progression and no depth. Now, uh, while it is true to an extent that the enemies and environments are a bit samey, I'm happy to say that the speculation on this game couldn't be further from the truth. Not only does this game have depth, it has uncommon depth for a VR game in the progression. And it's almost overwhelming, isn't it? Just how detailed and nuanced the progression system of this game is. Yeah. Yeah. You can progress just about everything, right? The weapons, the, um, your level in general, you got your dexterity and life and all the stats that you would know in a, in a, I guess, um, like a dungeons and dragon type of game. Right. What I thought was really the most impressive was the dexterity and just the, how, um as you're increasing your dexterity your um it just makes you less clunky right because when you're first walking around you're making a lot of noise try to sneak up on some of these enemies um and you can't 
because you're just really loud. And so I thought that was kind of cool that, that you can actually um, skill yourself out of that. Uh, and that's just one aspect of one skill, right? And what that goes towards. And you can pretty much build all of them, right? So Yeah, there's like six or eight different uh, aspects to your character that you can progress. You know, there's dexterity, uh, there's strength and wisdom. And I mean, there, there's all kinds of different uh, categories and they all have their, uh, you know, special use cases in game. I really did... Uh, like the dexterity one though because again i like to play as uh as kind of a rogue and um uh, you know stealth gameplay uh you know gaining an advantage from being stealthy uh, i enjoy that sort of thing and if you have a higher dexterity uh you're less likely to be detected and more likely to get uh, critical hits from behind and and uh, eric do you know who loves critical hits from behind my mom she's so dirty she loves yes. a critical head uh no but uh almost overwhelming right eric the, the uh just how detailed the character progression and weapon progression in this game is yeah i mean this is everything in here i mean you have uh character progression you have weapon progression you have armor progression and then you have different points of armor so it's not like you're just grabbing armor and then you just all oh, you have the armor on you have greaves, you have helmets, you have um, bracers. So you have different things that you can put on your body and you can increase every one of them. So, I mean, it's it's daunting, the amount of stuff in here. Um, it, it truly is deep. I mean, there's just so much here um, that, you know, and the, the, the amount of weapons too. I was shocked. I mean, I, it's like I prob I've probably seen 25 or 30 different weapons already. And there's and I'm finding more new ones every time I go in. So, I mean, I don't. I think I think there's got to be hundreds of different weapons in here, probably. You know, between axes and maces and and swords and 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 you know, finding different ones and, and ways to level them and then different ways you can play your character. Like like you know, I, me and you kind of play opposite. I, I'm not real stealthy. I went more like tank. You know what I mean? So I was going all strength. You know, I want to get to the point where I can like have a broadsword and not have to, you know, one, you know, not have a two-handed. I want to, I want to one-hand a broadsword and chop these things head off. So, yeah, I'm just going all strength pretty much with everything. So, it's, it's cool that you can play these games different ways. Um, and, and did you see that you could actually have multiple characters going at one time? So, you can actually just chop, you know, split back and forth. So, I made like three different characters. I had one as a ranged character with, uh, where, where I was trying to attack as much as I can uh, with the bow because you level your, your archery up um, much, much faster the more you use it. And then I had one where I was just doing melee, um, and I was trying to level my strength up, and I had one that was magic. Um, so, yeah, it's it's it truly is deep. There's so many branching elements there. And, uh, you know, I again, I can see why they would eventually charge this price for the game if it's all there. But, you know, again, it's just a little early. But, yeah, it, there's a lot here. Yeah, hundreds of weapons. I think uh, is accurate. Uh, I mean, it's not just weapons. It's it's armor. It's shields. It's so many different items and weapons that you can find. Uh, it's it's almost Skyrim esque. There's so much loot in this game. And for me, after um, you know a, a bit of a tedious learning process, uh, you know maybe at the very beginning of uh, the first level, uh, I was a bit underwhelmed. But it was after you, you really get into the game, after the you go to the village and you and you really start dungeon crawling in this thing, 
that's when the looting kicked in. And for me, that was half the fun was the looting in this game because not only do you do you get uh, items when you defeat enemies, uh, but I mean there are boxes and crates and jars everywhere for you to break open, and there's tons of loot everywhere. And and even you know with stuff that you can't use, you know half the stuff I found my level wasn't high enough for me to even use it yet. But any almost anything that you can find you can take back to the village and sell for gold to buy weapons and, and, and magic that you can use. So I, I thought that the, uh, the weapons and looting system uh, was probably my favorite part of the game, honestly. Uh, yeah. They give you a ton of loot, right? There's the loot everywhere, which is great. Yeah. Um, how cool, I'm sorry, how, go ahead, Rich. How, how cool was the uh, that opening thing when you walked into the uh, cathedral right or and it, you can see the moon through the window and i was like oh man i wish i was outside and then when i got through the thing and i got outside and i was like to the village i was like oh shit dude there it is right um i was blown away by the visuals of um a lot of this game and uh i, I just couldn't believe how good that looked yeah it was uh, it was highly detailed um visually and and from an audio standpoint like you know and i'm not really just talking about the uh you know the directional audio with the enemies and stuff but the soundtrack uh, i mean there w it wasn't a lot of variety but the 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 music that they had i thought sounded really cool and really fit and, and did a good job of setting the mood but what you're saying is true it's very highly detailed typical high quality pcvr game um, it reminded me a lot in the way it looked. Reminded me a lot of that uh, Rogan Thief in the Castle. You mm. remember that one, Roots? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. You know what this game has that uh, that game didn't have? This one has amazing AI. Like I couldn't believe when I got surrounded by like four or five skeletons, dude. I didn't know what the fuck I was gonna do, man. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I had him bashing them off with my shield. I had like two of them. There's like these, some of them are like really slow and they're just, but then there's some, these other ones that are fast and they're like jumping around and doing these fucking flips. And like, it's crazy. It, it, it gets a little daunting, man. But I, I was very, I was very impressed by how um, it didn't matter where I moved or whatever. I really had to pay attention to where these things were. Um, because they were like all trying to come get me at the same time. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It gets hectic really quickly when you get into a group of enemies and, um, you know, some of your maybe go-to moves from gen one VR don't work so well here. And that's something else I want to point out is the way that this game deals with waggle is different than, uh, some of the other gen two VR titles that have eliminated waggle like most games the gen 2 vr melee games the way they've dealt with waggle is by making uh counter-attacking a must like most gen 2 melee games won't allow you to land a blow unless you block one first this game did not take that approach instead the way this game works you can strike first you don't have to uh, counter-attack in order to land a blow but if you oh if you land two blows in quick succession the second one 
does next to no damage. Like there, there's really no point in waggling because this game makes you wait one and a half, two seconds between attacks uh, if you want to do any kind of damage. And uh, I found that to be, uh, you know, a unique and fresh take on melee and a more advanced method. Uh, Eric, I mean, I think that uh, advanced is uh, a good descriptor for the combat systems in this game. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. I mean, there's so many ways you can play it in this game. And, you know, just from, just from think about the blocking with the shields. I mean, you could even, you can actually even take a, a, one of your larger swords and you can, you can, uh, you can two hand it. So you can actually have a hand on the, uh, on the blade and a hand on the hilt. And you can actually use that to block um, some of the, some of the, the stronger attacks. Um, you can gra- actually grab the blade from from pretty much anywhere. You can grip the blade, which is you know you can't do that in most games. So you got real life physics in the way you're able to grab all these weapons. So it's pretty amazing, and and you need it too, right? I mean, this is they throw you through this tutorial, and then all of a sudden you come out of this tutorial, and you got you know you got a skeleton here, a skeleton there, and all of a sudden you're <laughs> in the you start the game. There's 50 freaking skeletons all over you. All of a sudden, you're like, holy crap, I went from zero to 60 in about 10 seconds. And you're like, you're overwhelmed. But uh, yeah, I mean, they give you so much stuff in here. There's so many ways to, the combat system is great. I love it, man. I, I love the fact that you can't just hammer on somebody. You can't swing five times in a row because after that first hit, those other four, you know, four attacks will have no damage at all. And they tell you that pretty early on. They want you to know almost right away that because they even give you, they even show you hit indicators and hit counts on some of the practice dummies early. So you can see your first hit might land a a 10 or a 12 damage. Your second hit may even be down like a four or a three. And uh, you're just not going to do anything. You might, you might as well back up and block at that point because you're just not doing anything. Well, not only right. that, but if you parry, then you can actually get bonus damage, right? They they give you so many different incentives to actually block and do different things, and different ways to parry. There was this three different ways you can parry. You can do a hard parry, a soft parry, and you can do a dodge parry. So there's there's different ways you can you can do that. Uh, Roots, what was your um your your weapon of choice here? I mean, th- there's bows. There's war hammers and axes. There's broadswords and short swords and daggers and literally uh, so much variability in what co- type of character and uh, what type of attack uh, that you have at your disposal. Uh, what was your weapon of choice? I started off with bow and arrow when I finally um, was able to get one, and I ran around with that for a while, but I ended up getting a shield and a, and a sword and um and that's the time when i had five or six of them on me and i would have never made it with my bow and arrow and with that guy doing his flips and and all that crazy judo stuff that he was trying to pull on me um i really needed to to hit the shield use the shield and not only was i using the shield to block stuff but i was like bashing them back you know what i mean um so that i ended up doing that most of the time the only thing my gripe with the shield is it did seem like you had to put it between your legs in such a weird fucking way man i'm like where just I, this is supposed to be on my back but i'm sticking it up my ass really it's, kind it's, of. Your, it's your it's your crotch shield yo it was weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is a little weird it's easier to get from between your legs than it is from behind your back because you can't go over your shoulder with it instead 
you, you have to kind of reach around to the small of your back and put it on like your waist, mm. the back of your waist. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree. You know, uh, and again, a lot of that's conditioning with us having played a hundred other games that do it over the shoulder. Uh, but yeah, I agree. It was a little weird to uh, have to reach down so low to uh, find your shield. Yeah, it was weird. But I like my shield though, and that's not—it's not only the shield. It's uh, all the what the two-handed swords, the uh, bow and arrow, all of that. And that's another thing. You know, I didn't even—I'm watching this guy's video, and um, I didn't utilize my inventory as well as I should have. You know, like because uh, I, I pretty much what I had was what I used. I didn't wasn't pulling out this and switching that. And um, this person switching back and forth between all sorts of weapons. Uh, but I, I found sometimes I was having trouble opening menus or or grabbing things or stuff. But I guess I'm, I'm assuming that's the early access stuff that they're, you know, will kind of iron out as things go. But uh, I don't know if you guys ran into the same thing or not. I didn't really have any trouble accessing uh, the menus after I uh, implemented a custom controller binding. So this game has native support for um, most SteamVR headsets, but it does not have native G2 support. Now you can pick WMR and most of the functions will work with the G2 controllers, but there's a couple of the more advanced ones that don't so uh about halfway through the tutorial i had to download a custom controller binding which is very easy to do i was just i was very happy at this early stage that i was able to find one and uh, after i found that and learned the um the alternate button configuration uh then i didn't really have any problem with the uh accessing the menu system eric did you have any kind of issues with that not the menu to per, per se, but there was little little bugs here and there. Like sometimes it was difficult to pick up the money, um, the gold that was left behind. You know, it had to take like seven or eight clicks and, and back up away from it, and then go back forward again to try and pick it up. Some of the um, the orbs uh, of health and things like that sometimes they were difficult to get. Um, hmm. I actually had a spot in the tutorial where um, it wouldn't let me. It wouldn't let me do something. I I couldn't grab something that it wanted me to grab. Oh, it was the uh, it was the wall. Um, when you had to put your hand on the wall, um, it wouldn't register it at first. I had to I had to go back out and redo it again. Mine was my um, yeah. my first piece of armor. My glove I picked. I couldn't grab it forever. I kept trying to grab it. I, I was so frustrated. And then once I grabbed it, I, then I could buy everything. But it was like I couldn't. I had a little trouble buying the, the my first item. Dude, that was weird. I, I didn't have any of that sort of stuff. Like, I had no trouble picking anything up mm. uh, at all. Um, maybe you guys should uh, invest in a VR system with a little bit better tracking, like the HP Reverb <laughs> G2. <laughs> I think so. You don't want to deal with all that Oculus jank. You know? Yeah, that's weird, that's, right? I've never heard that statement said before. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let me ask you this. Do you think, and I don't know if there's a way to fix it or not, and I'm sure you noticed it, and this just drives me crazy in any game. Um, when I, I try to get close to a table or something, and I'm, like, trying to grab uh, something, and it's pushing me back from the table, and I'm like, fuck, man. Like, I hate it. Yeah, and I don't know what's the answer to that, because, I mean, not every game is like that, but there's got to be something that can be done, because I, 
for me it's that immediately my immersions broke i'm like oh yeah i'm in vr i'm not I'm, I'm getting pushed backwards you know um yeah i hate the invisible walls around objects uh and when you lean forward it kind of pushes you back there, there's generally two approaches to this type of thing um in uh in vr development and there's no workaround on from the user end it has to be done by the developer uh typically um you'll have this type of thing which is less common but it's very immersion breaking like you say i hate it as well uh but the other approach is that they could be a lot less aggressive with their boundaries uh and when you do finally cross that boundary with your head uh, instead of pushing you back generally uh it'll start to cloud your vision or something like that and let you know okay i don't need to, i need to quit moving in that direction so much uh but yeah i agree with everything you're saying there i, I hate it when uh, developers use this kind of boundary system around objects uh because it feels like the game is pushing you and the game should never push you in any direction. It makes you hard yeah. to grab stuff too. Like if you're trying to grab something off that table, it's now become very difficult to do because you're like fighting to get to. I feel like I'm swimming like <laughs> against the tide, right? <laughs> so, do you guys have uh, any trouble opening chests? Like the way the chests work, there are these two uh, handles, and you have to use both handles to open the chest, but they're they're spaced apart at exactly the same distance as your waist holsters. So uh, what you're saying is true. You go to uh, bend over it and it kind of pushes you back a little bit and it puts your hands right where your holsters are. So half the time when I was trying to open up a chest, I would just grab my weapons and the chest wouldn't even be affected by it. Uh, either of you experienced that? I did. And it was my shield too. Sometimes or my um, when I was trying to grab or my bow, I'd grab the... Um you know end up grabbing the dagger a couple times i'm like god dang it i'm not trying to grab that you know yeah i had it happen with my shield i had him grabbing my crotch a lot my shield was in my crotch you know who else loves to grab uh, your crotch my mom! <laughs> i'm just slow pitching them in there for you uh gamer tag vr says simply make the objects with collision you'll learn not to knock things over especially if uh You've got something you want, and now you got to bend over to pick it up. Yeah, they could do that. I think it's a little bit more taxing, most likely, from a uh, uh, the uh, standpoint of the, the you know the in-game physics and uh, the resources you've got available. If if everything has collision and is interactive like that, it, it's going to take up a bit more of uh, resources in what already is a pretty resource-hungry game. Um, but one thing I, I really did appreciate about this, like we're we're getting a lot of these games now, right? We we got Everslot, we got Hell Sweeper, and as awesome as those games were and fun, um, you know I can stick my hand through the wall in uh, in Everslot. If I if I hit something with my sword, there's no clank in Everslot. Uh, they've got that locked down in this game. Uh, the, you can tell they put a really a lot of time into the physics, especially when it comes to the uh, way your weapons interact with the environment. Yeah, yeah and you're—I'm sorry, Bruce. You're right, Wes. This this market is going to get filled up real quick because there is Hell Sweeper, there is Shadowgate, which is you know very very similar. That's coming out in October, and that that's gonna that's maybe a little more magic, but it's the same type, and that looks amazing. 
And then you've also got um, Warhammer coming, uh, mm. Age of Sigmar Tempestfall, which looks to have the same exact physics, physics as this. Um, so this market is going to get very full very fast, and you have to be perfect, especially if you're $35. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can see why maybe they, they launched it now. Think, think about it. Think about all the games that are coming um, from all the bigger studios. Can you throw uh, can you throw weapons in either of those other games? That's another thing that was I I was impressed with. You could throw the weapons, and then also it's got uh, what three types of uh, attacks with the weapons. You can slash, you can um, you can hit blunt, and then you can stab. I haven't seen many games outside of like Blade and Sorcery where you can actually stab. That was another thing that I like to do. Um, I loved stabbing the skeletons right in their face. Um, it just made me feel good. You know who loves to get stabbed in the face, Roots? <laughs> My mom! Oh, yeah, she does. She's busy tonight. She is busy. Uh, Ga Tech VR says, when I said simple, I meant as an idea not to implement. Uh, apologies, I did not like the force push, the force push back. Uh, it seems too aggressive currently. Yes, yes, it, it was very noticeable and too aggressive. But again, this is an early access title. Hopefully they can dial that in a little bit um hybrid energy going exactly where i was getting ready to go with the conversation says undead citadel also which is currently getting its lunch eaten if it doesn't hurry roots undead citadel has screwed itself hasn't it yeah yeah well hopefully not i mean we'll see but that's the thing how many games have um kind of waited too long and then something else comes out i mean uh to think of onslaught if onslaught could have beat uh saints and sinners it wouldn't have been as bad it still would have been bad but not as bad because we would have had no nothing to compare it to right um or was it did it come out first i can't remember man i don't know what the hell i'm tired eric if uh if undead citadel comes out in uh december let's say or, or even november are people going to be as excited for it as we were you know, 18 months ago when we we didn't really have anything that looked like that, played like that? No, no, and Roots is 100% right because, yeah, um, you know, the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners did come out before Onslaught and the bar got raised. And then Onslaught looked like a big piece of crap after that, basically, because they weren't even close to Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. And look at all these games now. I mean, with Everslaw and, you know, and Hellsweeper and, you know, Shadowgate and Warhammer and, and you know in this game and you still got Blade and Sorcery out there which is very similar to this and they still keep updating that game so when Undead Citadel comes they better bring something heavy duty um or otherwise they're going to get lost so you already have the it's going to be a ho hum because oh it's another one of these games uh, and when it comes out and then if they are if they're not you know close to these other games or if they're a little bit off they're going to be lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I think uh, really the the only hope now for Undead Citadel is that, that they deliver an amazing quest game because a lot of these physics based melee games are PC games because they are fairly resource intensive. Uh, hopefully, all this time that Undead Citadel is taking is so that they can be really one of the first to lock down this type of physics on standalone hardware. Uh, so, I mean, I think if they do that, there's still some hope for them yet. Uh, Hybrid Energy says we know what Undead and Undead needs. It needs to bring a good, full, proper campaign, and I agree. Absolutely, it 
we need some good story behind it as well. That's one thing that this doesn't have at all that I can see is any story, right? And I'm sure they're going to add it, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, yeah story, that's a story lacking a lot of these games. Hellsweeper, you know, those games. Not not my story, right? Not not just that, but, you know, uh, roguelites never were my thing. Uh, but my last year of video gaming, they've become one of my favorite uh, types of games to play in and out of VR. Uh, but I can see already people jumping on this train from all directions. Uh, Roots, do you think that it's a possibility that, you know, six months from now, everybody's going to have roguelike fatigue because there's so many of these games coming out that are for foregoing the proper, you know, linear story campaign in lieu of a procedurally generated replayable roguelike progression uh type game yeah i mean it depends i think they'll definitely get a burnout i mean you're gonna you're gonna see ones need to step it up right like because right now i mean one of my favorite um of course it's flat uh roguelite is uh returnal and it's got it all it's got the story it's got the gameplay it's got everything and um so they can have everything and i i think that there's a, a case to be made that there needs to be something more it doesn't need to be an elaborate story with you know huge um you know voice acting or whatever but you can still have something some kind of progression at least you need progression people need something to feel like they're they're progressing stuff so that, that this that has this here um but they could put some kind of lore behind it at least right i don't know yeah yeah hey, eric are you uh are you getting tired of the uh procedural levels that we've been playing through for the past six months I mean, I'm so into these now. As long as they're done right, I, I do like them. And I, I was the same way you are. I was never into the roguelites and with the procedurally generated levels before either. But the ones that have been coming out recently, whether it be flat or VR, um, have been done extremely well. And uh, and I'm just enjoying them so much. Um, but, you know, you got to be careful because it's a fine line. Because if if it's just a hack and slash um and you know procedurally generated and there's no beef and there's no meat behind it then it can be extremely shallow and then you're just then you're looking at blade and sorcery you know what i mean and and you know that was one of the games that i just never go back to because to me once you do that for the first five ten minutes why am i going back to that game you know what i mean so yeah, i need something i need something behind it i think a lot of the saving grace with with a lot of these uh more recent uh, releases is that it isn't 100% procedural. Uh, they've kind of found this balance between written levels and levels where they'll have entire pieces of the level written out. And then, you know, the procedural part is how they get put together. But even in a game like Legendary Tales, when you die and you go back in, it isn't a different level. I mean, you go back into the same level that you died in over and over and over again. So it isn't like a, a complete shuffle of the deck every time you play, but rather just that, uh, I assume just that first time that the, uh, that the level comes together, that's really the procedural part of it. Yeah. I like their backpack system with like the, uh, well, it's not a backpack system. It's a sword system that uh, when you die, you have to go collect to like saints and sinners where you die, your backpack is left where you died and you have to go back and get it to get your stuff back. So sometimes you're going back into these dungeons with no weapons. Um, and you got to run and go get your, you know, where your sword is. Your sword's like in a stone, 
um, mantle on the floor and you have to pull it out. Once you pull it out, then you have all your inventory back. But until then, you basically have nothing. So kind of a cool system. They kind of stole that from Saints and Sinners, which is awesome. Yeah, I like it because, like, you don't drop everything. You, you drop what you have equipped in your hands and in your holsters. But what's in your inventory, you actually get to keep that. So you don't have to, like, go and buy all new weapons to enter the dungeon again. But rather just take some of the stuff you had backed up in your inventory and then go get your better weapons, right? The ones you were using. So, yeah, I agree. That was a really cool way that they uh, did that. And, um, you know, I, I imagine as we progress through this game, uh, the levels get bigger and more daunting. It's going to be harder to find that stuff, right? It's not going to be as easy as it has been in the first level. Yeah, for sure. Like, I can see Wes conserving already. He's already got it in his mind. He's like, how can I make this last? <laughs> <laughs> you know me, bro. That's right. Uh Hybrid Energy asked, was what Undead Citadel even announced for Quest? I'm not sure if it was or not, uh, but it's kind of the um, the assumption, right? Like, they've taken so long in development. Most games uh, in their situation that have delayed the way they have, it's because Quest uh, was implemented, Quest support was implemented. So um, that might be a complete assumption on my part. But even if it is, I think it's a pretty safe bet. Um, Eric, you mentioned Shadowgate. Uh, you mentioned Warhammer, Age of Sigmar, Tempest Fall. Uh, games that are similar to this, but lean heavily into the magical aspect. Um, this game has some of that too. But uh, all indications are that is one of the uh, works in progress here. And as, as cool as their their magic system is right now, um, there's more coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the magic is the, definitely the weak part of this game. Um, the good thing is the developer knows that. They've already come out and said, we're not happy with our magic system and we're working on it. Um, so th it is going to be overhauled. It's not bad, per se. It's just, it's, it's definitely... It's definitely not as detailed and, and it's more shallow than the the melee or the the uh, the shields, you know, any, anything like that. It's just uh, even the range attacks. It's it's just not as good. Um, <clears throat> and the way you have to implement it is clunky because you can only do one attack um, and then you have to reset your magic back up again. You have to open this open the, you know, this menu of, of magic every time you're going to do some type of magic trick which is to you know um so if you want to shoot fireballs you've got to hit a button to open a menu of your magic and you have to grab it and you have then you then you can create it and throw it it just takes too long um because you have to do that with every throw um so you know instead of just okay i want to do fire magic click on fire magic and then i can create it uh, as many times as i want at that point you have to keep going back and it's just clunky but again they, they said they, they said they know it's not right they don't like the way it is themselves and they're working on it and you know to me it's a smaller part of the game anyway to me it's it, this is more about the the weapons um than it is the magic anyway yeah I, I i enjoyed the magic to an extent and i did like the uh the quick select menu system they had for selecting which magic you want to use i think the the problem with it is what you said is that you have to do it every time i think if uh you know when i select my fire magic my fire magic should be equipped on that hand until I want to select something else. Exactly. And inst instead, you have to bring the quick menu up every time 
that you want to uh, to use it, and uh, that can be a little bit tedious. Uh, one of the things I really enjoyed about the magic system is the way you acquire abilities and the uh, the, the way you upgrade them. Uh, you find like these stone pieces with this glowing rune in it that looks super cool, and you literally have to kind of break the stone off around this rune, and then you grab this stone tablet that shows you, all right, this is the magic you just found. On the bottom, it shows you how to use it, and then you hit a button to equip it and add it to your inventory. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a cool way to uh, go about it, and a cool way to sell magic in the shops, because you can buy these tablets, even though they're very, very expensive, you can buy them. Um, Roots, uh, impressions on the magic system as it stands today? That was pretty cool. I mean, I, I had trouble trying to figure out how to create the portal once I found it, but so I don't know if that was covered in the uh, tutorial. I didn't think it was, or maybe you guys saw it and I didn't, but I was like, what the, how the hell? Um, I didn't realize I had to do both of them at the same time and bring them together or whatever. That was kind of cool. I thought, you know, how you could, you could put one in each hand and do both of them and you could bring them like, or do them close together and like make a super powerful fireball or whatever. My impressions of the magic was it for me, it didn't work very well when I tried to use it or it seemed like it was bouncing off of them. Um, and maybe I just was doing a very piss poor job of using magic. I'm not Harry Potter, but I, uh, I, I feel like um, there's definitely some work to do, but it's good. And it is encouraging that the devs are aware of it and that they are um, actually um, actively working on it. So. Well, I, I had problems with throwing in general in this game. It was uh, not just the fireballs. Like, the, the, throwing the fireballs wasn't very accurate, but it was a hell of a lot better than my throwing knives. I felt oh. like I was playing uh, Into the Radius when I was trying <laughs> to throw knives in this thing. Like, they were just falling straight to the ground. And even the ones that I hit the target with, I mean, it was slow and, and sideways, and it would stick, but, I mean, just barely. Um Eric, it sounds like you experienced some of this yourself. Oh my god, I hated it. I skipped them. I skipped them in the tutorial because I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't do it. Into the Radius has great throwing up knives compared to this game. Like I, I didn't even know why you wanted it in here. Just, just get rid of it. If you can't do it, if you can't do it to where it's even close to being decent, just get it out. Weren't you? In, I, I'm sorry. Weren't you in the Discord bragging about finishing the tutorial? You just said you didn't finish it. You skipped it. <laughs> <laughs> thank god you didn't need to finish the, the knife throwing you just skipped that well my uh my ocd wouldn't let me skip it so i was there for like 10 minutes just so i could get through the uh the knife throwing part of the tutorial roots uh hopefully you had a little easier time with it yeah it didn't take me 10 minutes uh i had trouble finding the target for some reason at first once i found it i i was actually able to throw it way better um in this game than i was in into the radius uh, but you know, one thing that I was impressed with the, with the tutorial, and I didn't think I was going to be, uh, was I had a moment where I accidentally backed out of it. And I thought, fuck, I was like halfway through it. And you know how I didn't want to be in that tutorial to begin with. I'm going to have to do it all over again. I open it up and it now it's got, I can choose any of the tutorials up until the point where I was stopped at. I was able to go right into the potions go right back where I was at. Um, a lot of games don't have that forethought, you know, you just go in and, and oops, you backed out. Guess what? You get to do the whole tutorial again. 
Um, and uh, I thought that was kind of cool. So that brings us to the other major elephant in the room, other than the price, uh, the tutorial. Um, Roots, it was just last week, and I don't remember which game it was we were talking about, um, but we were sitting here saying, wouldn't the game be so much better? I think it was Hellsweeper, that instead of the tutorial, they give you a level, a training level, where you you learn the stuff maybe a little more gradually than the tutorial gives you, but they they build the level around teaching you these skills as opposed to a cold and hard tutorial where you're one technique after another, after another, after another. Now, we had this criticism of Hellsweeper last week, which at least gave you the option whether or not you wanted to go through the advanced techniques or not. None of that here. This game has tons of techniques. A lot of them are advanced, and they're not letting you into the first level until you prove that you can do <laughs> all of them. And uh, it took me like an hour to play through this tutorial, and it was uh, not only not fun, it was monotonous. Uh, I got tired of sticking my hand here. You know, <laughs> put your hand here to start this next tutorial there was probably 30 or 40 maybe even 50 different times that i had to stick my hand here to start the next you know tutorial which is you reading how to do something and then practicing it um it was too much wasn't it it was way too much it was a nightmare and you know this is why it was a nightmare it's like a public school testing right uh like you're you're cramming you're you're you just want to get through this fucking thing. So you're not, you're doing what you have to do, but there's so much that by the time it's all done, you're, how much are you really remembering of all this stuff, like you said, that's really integral to, to playing this thing. And if you take that approach where you're um, at least make it fun and you're learning as you go, maybe even over the first couple levels, depending on how, but you know, little short levels or whatever, um, using it instead of like you said it was really was monotonous you're you're struggling to get through this one section and then you stick your hand here then you follow the wisp around to the next spot and I just felt like I was just rushing through to get through the tutorial and yeah I was learning it but it, like you said it was absolutely not fun whatsoever and um, it uh, if it wasn't for you know I had a crash during it and I ended up going back in and um techno glitch was saying oh you must love the game you're going back in i said no i you know i've got to cover it so i'm gonna go back in now after i did go back in and play more i am loving the game but um there are you know early access things that they can fix and this is one of them you know the first thing you see when you go in the game is the tutorial and how many people Wes, are going to not even go through that voodoo e or whatever his name is he he did he got pissed and quit in the tutorial right so, I got about 40 minutes and I'm like, there's no way Roots is getting through this tutorial. <laughs> I do you want to believe you want to believe this? I think I took a little bit less than 40 minutes. So or maybe maybe 45 minutes. It didn't take me wow. an hour. So well, a lot of it with me was uh I, I as I normally do, I tried to start playing this game seated, and I realized about 10 or 15 minutes into the tutorial that I'm not gonna be able to play it seated. So I had to start over after recalibrating. You have to go back to the main menu to recalibrate standing. And then I had to start the tutorial over. And then mm. when I get halfway through it, 
now I've got buttons that don't work and I've got to go download a controller binding to get uh, through the rest of the tutorial. So it took me about an hour all in all, but yeah, if, if everything had gone smoothly, it probably would have taken less time. Yeah, it's still, that's a long time to go through a tutorial. And like, I don't even want to go through a five minute tutorial. You know what I mean? And uh, to go through 45 minutes of a tutorial and to get to the, the beef of how good this game is, is a long time. And uh, somebody was just saying in the uh, hybrid energy says the devs mentioned a patch that will adjust the uh, tutorial. So um, they, he would wait. And my, my thing is, is if this is your type of game, I mean, there's no re really reason to wait. You're just going to have to a long tutorial. But once you get through it, uh, there's some good gameplay to it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a really fun and uncommonly deep game for VR, uh, with very high production quality. I mean, it's got a, a lot going for it. But Eric, it's a bit of a dangerous situation here. We already talked about how you only get one chance to make a first impression. So you've got people here, the ones that did, you know, manage to talk themselves into laying down thirty five dollars for this. Uh, most of those people are going into it with the attitude like, all right, this is an expensive game. Uh, if it doesn't give me my money's worth within the two hours, I'm going to refund it. And then they get in and the first hour of their two hours is this monotonous, repetitive, you know, bland tutorial. Um, you know, the ones that make it through that just have an hour left to to find the gameplay and the gameplay doesn't even start until you get through the abbey after the tutorial you have to escape the abbey go through the village and then then that's when the game starts right around the two hour mark is really when you start getting into this game i think there's a lot of danger here with the way this is structured where even the people that that talk themselves into laying that hefty price tag down are going to nope out and get a refund before they even see the good part of the game. Yeah, P pacing is not right. I didn't have any fun in this game until probably two and a half hours in, because even when you get out of the tutorial, you're garbage. You your stats are garbage, so you cannot get far in these dungeons. You're gonna die a ton. So until you level yourself up a little and get some of these better weapons that's when you started having the fun because you were able to do things. Um, you were getting cool weapons. You were upgrading your armor. You were, you know, you were able to pull off some of these cool things with the bow, um, you know, and, and, some, and some of the other, you know, uh, the hammers and the axes that you got. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people are going to return this before they even get a chance to see how really great this game is and where the fun is. Because if you go in and you're playing a tutorial, you're in a dungeon, you don't even get to see the outside until you're out of the tutorial again you see like the 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 sky through the church as you walk in but until you get to this what you see on the screen right now which is this town it's all tutorial to that point so you don't even get you're just basically in boring dungeons i mean they look nice but they're boring you know I mean, there's no variety to them until you get a little bit farther so yeah i just didn't have any fun with it until i got to that point and then i had a lot of fun so needed to move that around a little bit and it sounds like they're working on it jaw-dropping once you step outside isn't it it looks beautiful the lighting is awesome like that abbey when you look at the, at the up at that abbey from the courtyard that they just saw in that shot right there and you see the lights behind the stained glass windows i thought that was beautiful 
Yeah, yeah, it's it really is um, impressive uh, from a, uh, a production standpoint. Uh, Techno Glitch uh, wants to know how long the game is, and obviously we you probably couldn't really gauge a game like this too much, but it made me think: um, is there end game content? Like, is there like a dungeon? You get to a certain dungeon that you're 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 gearing towards to, um, you know, or or how? What's what's the setup on that? Do you know? There's a map. Uh, there's a map of the uh, the structure that you enter, and it looked like there was ten or twelve floors uh, to it. And in all the hours that I played it today, uh, I think the third floor was as high as I made it, and I generally died pretty quick when we got to the third floor. Okay, so man, we're you're probably talking tech, probably like dozens, dozens of, of hours. hours. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, to to success. And this is what's cool about it. It's co-op. It's four-player co-op. So, I mean, if you if they do improve all the things that we're talking about, which I do believe they will, how amazing is it going to be to go through all those? You're going to need your friends there in level four, five, six, and you, you know, grinding through, getting your um, your better gear, you're getting better skills and so forth. So, Yeah, and, you know, one of the cool things about uh, the progression in this game, to go back to it really quickly... Uh, it, like many other um, of the modern roguelikes, there's advantages to dying. Um, there's a stat called vitality. Mm. And vitality stat, um, it, it directly affects your strength, uh, your health, and your defense. Uh, and the way that you progress vitality is by taking damage. So the more you get hit, the more your vitality increases. So basically what that means is the more you die, the stronger you get. So if you're someone who really sucks at this game, just keep going because before long, you're going to be a tank and no one's going to be able to freaking mess with you because they're not going to be able to hurt you. Yeah. Well, it's just one like any, any good game like this that has this kind of progression. It just, uh, you start out weak and the more you play, you just get stronger and better. Uh, that's one of the things that's so good about Hades is it doesn't matter. You don't care when you die. Like in this game, you don't care if you're getting hit. You die, okay, good. I'm going to have to come back. Now I'm, I've got more vitality. I'm getting stronger, like Wes said. Um, I think that's cool. All right, and now we get to the, uh, the last thing that we haven't talked about, and I think this is where the game really uh, has an argument for the $35 price tag. Uh, and that is the party system and the multiplayer. Uh, we already elaborated a little bit on the character system and the way that you can keep multiple characters in in your uh, in your game save, and you know you can uh, balance the stats on these characters differently. You can have a warrior with strength and defense. You can have um, you know a rogue which is has more dexterity and uh, agility or you can have a mage who, who has more wisdom and uh, and better magical ability uh, you can keep a stable of all of these different characters at your disposal and in addition to that you can play up to the four-player co-op which is easy to get into like a lot of these indie games that have co-op it's hard to get a game had no problem partying up with eric in this game outside of uh, a little bit of uh, usual Steam VR jank with the uh, microphone selection. Um, but it was easy to get into a game with them. And 
beyond that, there's enough variability in the, uh, the the character progression that you could put a proper four-man party together with a warrior, with a rogue, and a mage, what have you. Um, I think that it has uncommon, uh, an uncommonly diverse and uh, well-balanced multiplayer system here. And um, Eric, I think above all else, I think that is the biggest uh, potential upside for this game is we don't have multiplayer games like this in VR with this type of uh, detailed uh, character system. Yeah, and you know, we were just talking a little while ago about all these games coming out that look a lot alike now, um, you know, in this kind of type of genre. And this is the only one of them that has multiplayer, I believe. Um, so, you know, this is where they can really kind of differentiate themselves from everybody else. And yeah, it was great. I mean, me and Wes um, were able to get in really quick, really easy. It was a, it's a quick invite, or you can just join on somebody who's already in game. Um, you know, that's uh, on your friends list. So you can just join as long as they don't have a full party already. You can just hit the join button, and you'll go you'll uh, go right to wherever they are in the world. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be amazing. I mean, if you can get four people in there, the only the only thing I need now, Roots, is they need a healer. Yeah. So you can get your heal on. No, well, that would be that would would have already sold me. I would be healing my ass in there right now. You guys have been like, Roots, where are you? Uh, they do need a healer. That would be great. Be awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, agreed. Um, Roots, we we had a blast in a game like Carnage Chronicles, just because of the fact that you could play with up to two of your friends, and there was two or three different character classes that were pre-written character classes that you could uh, play as. Uh, when you have a game like this where literally you can make these different characters into each class, or you can make them into hybrids that have characteristics and traits from like two or three different classes. Um, we've never seen anything like this that I can think of in VR with this type of flexibility with not only regards to your character, but with your party. I mean, you can, you can pretty much establish well-defined roles for each player of your party in this game, unlike any other game I've played in VR. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It just makes me wonder how that it's all set up as far as like, um, how's it gonna scale? Like, it does it scale up for two, three, four people or to like your level, right? Like if MASH has been leveling for, you know, 40 hours and he comes in with us, is he just gonna be wiping everything out? Um, or, how, you know, is everything gonna scale up to him? Yeah, I have a lot of questions on how that would go. Because my thing is, is when I was in there by myself and I had four skeletons on me, or it was crazy. I can't imagine what the hell is going to go on when you have three or four, especially once you start moving up those floors to the harder levels. I think that alone is kind of um, worth playing it just to see. I want to see where it goes, you know, how crazy it gets. Well, I can't say that it was super obvious whether or not the game was scaling up for the amount of players in the party. What I can say is when I partied up with Eric, I didn't make it much farther than I would have made it by myself. Uh, it was plenty challenging uh, with two of us in there. Was it any easier for you, Eric, having me with you, or was it pretty much the same deal? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, we, we both died at some point, you know what I mean? And not real far. So, you know, I can't say it was any easier. Um, I, I seem, seem to think it was probably the same. I mean, I can see where it's, where it's a little bit better just because you can split some of the enemies up. Uh, when you get into some of these rooms, there's, there, there can be seven, eight, ten skeletons, especially if you go too far into a room uh, and you can actually pick up some skeletons that are maybe even in another room. So then you've got two rooms full of skeletons. So this could be 10 skeletons on you at one time. And then you just got to retreat. You got to back up because so if they surround you, it's all over. So I guess if you had four people, I could see where it would be a little bit easier just to split them up a little bit. Um, but I can see some strategy here, too. You're going to have to stick together. You're not going to be able to just jump off in different directions and think you're going to do okay. I think you're going to have to stick together um, as, a, as a team, which is, you know, what you want, right? You want people to play together and you want people to strategize. So I'm really looking forward to the getting four people in there and see how this goes. Um, so yeah. you definitely want to have somebody with a ranged weapon uh, because, um, I mean, even when you're playing by yourself, it allows you to pick off enemies before you enter a room and have the whole room after you. But the way the maps are laid out, uh, a lot of the bigger rooms that have a lot of enemies in them have multiple entrances on different levels. So you, I mean, potentially if you had a large enough party, you could have somebody cover each entrance and some of these are going to be up on a balcony shooting down into it. So you could have guys enter from the uh, ground floor and take on the enemies head on, take their attention and then have, uh, you know, archers or, uh, mages come in from the balcony to kind of nail the guys from behind and really take them off guard. Uh, a lot of potential here, not only with uh, the way you can set your party up, but uh, the way the map's laid out. And uh, again, I think multiplayer kind of is the uh, is their ace in the hole here, and the kind of the one argument that they have uh, for the price tag is. Uh, Again, we, we don't have any other multiplayer games in VR quite like this. Yeah. Well, and if you could, if they could get this on uh, Quest, they could get more people in there. Be cool. There's not absolutely that, not that many people on PC VR anymore. They're just disappearing. Uh, well, maybe not disappearing, but uh, uh, I'd be afraid uh, that I think it'd be a long time before we ever see anything like this on Quest. Uh, it, it's just. The, with the physics and the production value, this is kind of something that you, you really need some horsepower to run at this point. Now, I'm not saying that can't be done. I think a AAA team with hundreds of, you know, people working on it obviously could probably pull it off. Um, I wouldn't be looking for this one on Quest anytime soon. Though. Yeah, absolutely not. Anyway, uh, I think that's going to wrap us up here, guys. Did did we uh, overlook anything that you can uh, that anything you have on your chest left that you want to get off? Uh, no, I can't think of any. I think we covered everything. I, my main thing is I wanted to um, crap on it where it needed to be crapped on, and I wanted to praise it where it needed to be praised. And there's a lot of both. Actually, there's really not that much bad with it. Just a few things they need to tweak, and if they tweak those things. And keep doing what they're doing. I think they got a hit. The biggest thing that they mistake, I think, was the money and uh, the the cost. And I don't know how you fix that at this point. Um, and they don't sound like they want to fix it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for these guys. I mean, I want them to do well. You, you, we need these types of games for PC VR. You know, if you're going to have PC VR, you know, you know, function and, and do well, 
you need these games. So I am really rooting for these guys. I hope they do well with this game. Um, I hope they build it into something that's going to be amazing because it has everything that I want. And I will continue to go back to this game. Um, it's going to take time. It's going to be a time, you know, sucking type of game. But um, I will go back to it, especially if they start making patches to it. I and mean, again, we got to remember this is early access. And they're going to constantly be working on it. So as long as they're invested in it and they're still going to be able to do good with it, then uh, I'll be there to support them, um, you know, as much as I can. Yeah, and you know, I think it, it uh, needs to be reiterated here that it, in a lot of ways, uh, they're they're ahead of the game, you know, versus other early access titles like EverSlot or Hellsweeper. Uh, there's a lot more going on here with this one, you know, in terms of just all the different mechanics and, and you know every everything they've got in the progression and physics uh i mean they're, they're kind of leagues ahead of the game compared to these other titles so uh i'm fairly confident that if you do put down your 35 dollars today for it you're going to get your money's worth before it's all said and done on this game uh now with that said if you're the type of person who has an hour a day to play and you like to play a different game every day you're probably not going to make it very far in this. This is something that is going to take time. Uh, again, it's only now, just now starting to really get good for uh, for us, and we've got hours in it. We're well outside of the uh, refund window. So uh, you're kind of going to have to take a leap of faith here. But I think um, if you do and you enjoy this type of game, I don't think you're going to regret it. Uh, Sion VR says he would buy it if he knew for sure it would deliver. Well, you know, you could, what about all the... Uh um kickstarters people do and they're putting hundreds of dollars you know this 35 bucks and you get to play it today with your friends yeah i mean at least you get something here i mean how many kickstarter even game kickstarters that you know you still don't even have a game yet or they just end up not doing it at all or you know not hitting their goals and they don't have anything to show for it so you know i i'm definitely i i would not have bought this game before um just from looking at it and being that it's not finished in the price but I would say that it's got it's got almost enough into it now. I think it's clear. You know, if I if I have a good feeling about the developer and I have a good feeling about the game, I would buy this game. There are respected people within our space already calling this one of their favorite games as it stands today, mm. uh, and I think that that's a testament to uh, the the amount of work that has already gone into this game. Well, it uh, hybrid energy says uh, it's like an old school Diablo vibe, and that's exactly what everybody says. It's uh, it's got yeah. that vibe, right? So, yeah, even the music, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I think we've pretty thoroughly covered this one. Now, with that said, so much that we didn't even get to in the game, we didn't comment on it because we haven't gotten there yet. A lot of game left here, a lot of meat left on the bone. I would not be surprised to see us revisiting this one couple months down the road so uh if that's something you're going to be interested in be sure to hit that bell and that button so that you can stay up with all of our ever-increasing content library here on virtual strangers um i guess that's going to wrap us up here guys uh with that said uh again i'd like to thank everyone for showing up in the chat those of you who are hanging out with us in the wee hours of the night or the early hours of the morning for those of you across the pond we really appreciate it. If you enjoyed the video, please give it a thumbs up. Again, if you're new to the channel, hit the bell and the button to stay up with all of our content going forward. 
maybe you're not new to the channel. Maybe you want to do a little something extra to support the channel. Well, you can do so by supporting us on Patreon. $3 per month. That's all we ask. And in, in exchange for that, we give you access to our weekly show notes. In addition to that, you get um, you get exclusive content. And there's more and more uh, exclusive gameplay content going up on there all the time. We got lazy with it for a little while. And by lazy, I mean busy, busy doing other stuff. But uh, we're putting more of an emphasis on it here lately. And it's been a literal avalanche of content over the last couple of weeks. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. So uh, if you want to do a little something extra, throw us a $3 per month pledge. Uh, and we will make sure that you get your money's worth. And uh, for those of you who are already supporting us on Patreon, a thousand thank yous. We cannot uh, express our gratitude enough. Uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, lending your hard-earned money to helping our channel and our community grow. Absolutely. Speaking of our community, uh, it is just that. It is a community, and we do have a home a place where we all live and communicate and play together. And that place is the virtual strangers discord. If you scroll down to the description below, you'll find an invitation into that discord. Uh, this is where we're, we hang out and have these conversations all day, every day. And they're not just about gaming, but about life. And, uh, and it's also a really good place to uh, hook up with people. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you need to find somebody else who has legendary tales so that you can uh, strengthen your party and, and progress a little deeper. Well, the Virtual Strangers Discord is a great place to do that sort of thing. And again, you'll find the invitation down below. Uh, it's our home. We humbly invite you in to make it your home as well. Yeah, come home. We miss you. Anyway, with all that said, friends, we'd like to thank you all once again for watching. And for Roots and Eric... I'm Wes. We'll see you in a couple of days, friends. Bye now. Take it easy. See you later.